Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas and the end is in sight. October is where we are going to get out of stage four. It's going to end. We are going to live and breathe arts again. And there's one person I want to share the stage with is the one and only Dura Joe Singer. Thank you, Benny Lomas. When you said the end is near, I got really scared because that has been the narrative in my head for the last uh, six, seven months. Uh, we have a fantastic guest that I want to bring into this conversation. Uh, people would have seen on Mad as Hell or Elsa as part of the uh, wonderful, hilarious double denim duo. Please welcome Michelle Brazier. Yes. Hello. Brazier. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that correctly, first of all. You are, but yeah. it's, it's also fine because it's sort of got... Uh, it's a name? it's a French last name, and then there's like mm-hmm. Spanish in our family, Ooh. so it's been really it's gone through the ringer. It's been Brazier, it's been yeah. it's been everything. So I don't care. You can call well, me whatever you want. How does the Spanish uh, come into play? Uh, what generation? Uh, mum, it's on both sides, but oh. Mum's is quite far back, whereas Dad's is closer. So, and they're from different pla- Mum's is like Spanish Irish. And then dad's is like, I think South, like South American, uh, Spanish, but his is, he, he was like a, a dark skinned man. Whereas yeah. my mom is very white and I am the whitest in my family. Right. Oh. And, and what about the, the, I tan. Yeah. I go brown immediately. Yeah, it's so can. good. And where does the French come in though? Well, I don't know. I think uh, I think that's also on Dad's side. Um, God, I could have prepared you a family tree if I'd known. <laughs> can, you jump, can, you, can you jump on familytree.com and go back to us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not sure. And then there's Irish as well. A lot of Irish on mum's side. So, yeah. Have you it's, visited uh, the home countries? I have not. No. Yeah. I've, I've been to France, but like that's... Yeah. Not really. Like I haven't That's been to Spain right. and I ha- and I haven't been to Ireland. I was How going do- to go to Ireland, but then um, my my brother passed away, so I didn't go. So it's very sad. Oh man, I'm oh, so- oh, what a, what a way to start. <laughs> anyway, I'm a comedian, so. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm like, I know. I will put a footnote that I definitely want to come to that because obviously it's just just popped up within what less than two minutes. I just was, I just that... talk about so people will like me. Yeah, <laughs> I meet people. I'm like, hi, my brother's dead. Just so you know, um, so I can't I can't actually do the dishes. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so any listener from this point on, but if there's anything that you said that they disagree with, but you'll be like, well, hey, hey, hey. Has, <laughs> has did die. So I have some trauma you know, actually. So uh, yeah, very sorry. very very selfish of him to. Cancel, you know, ruin your travel plans. Um, yeah, but, uh, but uh, how did the French pronounce uh, brazier when you were there? Uh, just like brazon, bre- oh, oh, like this, oh, like that. Oh, wow, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. You ch- still got it. <laughs> it's in your blood. But I just find it if you chuck an N on everything. Because, like, at the moment now, we're listening to lots of French music. Well, actually, it's just this woman called Camille. And so we just. <laughs> That's what white people call French music. That's any. any I say white people, sorry. I mean, um, just anyone who's not French. Yes! Is like. <laughs> yeah, I listen to French music. You're like, no, you listen to that. Dun, 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 exactly. Song by Camille. That- it, and mine, I reckon mine is Bonfam MC's freestyler. That they're fine. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. It, no, it goes from you're spot on because it goes from that song, which I have a feeling is probably on every ad in 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 in, in France. I reckon. Yeah. And then and then what you do is if you follow the next album after everyone listens to that, go. I do listen to French music. Is then <laughs> the soundtrack to Delicatessen. So there's uh, that soundtrack. Yeah. So everyone listens to that, and, and 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 everyone thinks that any French music has an accordion in. Therefore, must be French. <laughs> Yes, so, with the, accordion. the only other then, French song I know is by Art vs. Science. <laughs> We're very cultured as a bunch. But but my daughter said she actually wants to, because we, we send her, uh, she, she does a lot of Italian lessons. Not that we're Italian, but uh, that's what her school... Cultural uh, appropriating Italy. But, but because we're obsessed with the Tour de France, now she's like, well, if we're going to go to France, and that's where we're supposed to go, well, I should probably learn French. So she's just like, oh, so we're trying, to, we're trying to get over, like, really learn more French stuff rather than the stereotypical stuff. But, yeah, we've just been listening to the stereotypical stuff. Ben, isn't there a thing with kids being able to learn languages quicker when they're younger, something to do with neuroplasticity? 
It's amazing. Watching so why my... don't you just flood, flood them with languages now? Well, that's what we're doing now. And I try to speak as much Dutch as I can. I wish I would speak more Dutch to it. But um, it's amazing. Dutch, uh, uh, Michelle, in so, case you didn't so know. So, I have Dutch. Ah. So, so oh, yeah. Yeah, you were so, born there, yeah? Yeah, born there. Yeah, so, yeah you, but, uh, you, you flew here, mate. But what I love though, <laughs> but what I love is though is is because they just they just understand everything. Like they they'll they'll pick it up, but they can do it with an accent. Because when we if I speak Italian, I just sound like a bogan. It's like I'm oh, born John Como Stai Multi Bene. Like just sound like a bogan when she can Multi Bene. Multi Bene. Grazius, that's my favorite. No, one. just Grazius. half half Bene, Multi Bene. Do you do languages, bros? So. Uh, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not but uh, yeah. not as well as I used to when I was young. I'm trying to learn it again now in lockdown. I was just um, having lunch with my friend Patrick Jernan Silva, who's Brazilian, and he's also doing the same thing, like going back, revisiting his heritage, heritage and relearning uh, Portuguese. So we're kind of speaking in half Portuguese and half Spanish to each other, oh, but not cool. really saying anything. <laughs> oh, but that's that... the best way to learn it, though. Like if you have a friend who, who, who wants to learn it as much as you do. Like I've got a Dutch parents group where we hang out in the playground and they're all proper Dutchies. Oh, my and, God. And so we hang out. But all their kids speak fluent Dutch and my kids don't. So it's just that, <laughs> it's this fine thing where mom, like my daughter gets really angry. It's like, why can't I speak as well as you? And it's like, oh, that's why we're at this play group. And, and, uh, but Dutch people, like, yeah. They're an That's interesting bunch. Amazing. Anyway, my, my, my son doesn't even speak English, but he is a staffy, so that makes <laughs> <laughs> For a split second there, I just went, huh? Yeah, you uh, threw me. <laughs> but Bruce, I, have... I love Bruce. I love seeing pics of Bruce. He's a good boy. A Where did your boy. mind go, Dill? Where did your mind go when Michelle just said that? Where did your mind go? I, I, like, I... I didn't know she had a kid, and also how irresponsible of her to be in Edinburgh for that entire month. <laughs> 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 I know, I'm doing my own thing. In my, my head, I went, I, in my head, I just went, I went to a place where I wasn't expecting, I just went, oh, credit to her for never talking about them. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> like, that's yeah. impressive. That's no, really no impressive. No kids. I'm too young. Oh, I'm too young and, and, and thin and beautiful. I couldn't, I couldn't be a mum. <laughs> Uh, let's get let's get some uh, COVID chat out of the way. You're in Victoria as well, mm. and uh, how have you been managing the head fuck that is uh, this this version of uh, lockdown? I actually have been doing quite well because mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time outside. Um, I don't know if either of you are cops, but I have been exceeding the one hour limit sometimes like I go for a walk and then I'm like oh fuck I've got to turn around because you know you've gone too far so I've really been pushing yeah. that which is something I need to watch but now You're it's aware two that this hours is going out publicly yeah so yes I, know. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose I just get caught carried away I go down um Mary Creek and the, I feel like I'm in Same. the bush it's really nice yeah and having lovely. the dog is you know yeah. it's just nice getting outside and I've got a lot of sun in my apartment which is really nice so I just spend as much time in the sun as possible. And I'm trying to read books. And it's, oh. it's a pause. I'm just trying to t- treat it like a little retreat, like a health mm-hmm. retreat where um, all of my financials are in ruin yeah. and I don't have any foreseeable work, really. <laughs> um, like Just like a retreat of like, despair, you know? <laughs> so good. <laughs> so envious. I love oh, it. I love so it. Good. What, what books? What books? Oh, I read uh, Humankind, A uh, Hopeful History by Rudger Bregman, which is yeah. beautiful. Have you read it? Lomas? No, it's, I've got it. I just haven't uh, started reading it. It's on the, get it's into on it. The, it will I've make you very good. Oh, so happy. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I finished and I hugged the book. I physically hugged the book. Oh, wow. And I'm not yeah, a fucking it's a real nerd. It feel good. And so what, yeah, first time I'm hearing of it. So is it fiction, nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Uh, it's just about, so basically the, uh, the premise of it is that we see the news every day, which is like skewed our view of what the world is like because we only see bad things on the news really. Mm. Like they're not reporting much great stuff. And of course mm. there is a lot of bad stuff, but it's just about human history as a whole and all of the beautiful things that we've done. Like things like the, um, uh, the Christmas time ceasefire during the war, when right. people crossed the trenches, you know, got out and, cr- and crossed enemy lines, went into no man's la- land and, and gave each other presents and gifts and, and just like all these interesting statistics and studies about 
how soldiers often don't want to kill like they actually mm. do not want they of, often don't shoot like they look at a lot of their firearms and they haven't shot especially the people who are close and can actually see their opponents it was just a really beautiful bolstering um unifying experience to read it it's basically just like wonderful. john boyega in the force awakened star wars film where you know he has an <laughs> awakening i'm guessing it's identical to that it's wow. identical to wow. that wow. you yeah. fucking nerd <laughs> I didn't even know that, what that meant. I, that that you just you saying. Uh, I mean, I'm all um, feel good is my my jam, but it 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 just gets me so hard. Like even just now when you were saying that, I just started to feel like breathing heavily because I I just I have you ever seen the doco um, Bat Kid Begins? Uh, no. Where oh yes, yes. In San yes. Francisco, who whose make a wish was to be Batman for a day. Yeah, I watched it on a plane, and it was such oh, a bad call. Mistake. I cried. The entirety of that freaking thing. So much so. And I wasn't prepared for it. You know the little shitty pillow that they give you on a flight? I had to mm. ask for a replacement because it was soaked. I had like <laughs> drenched it with my tears and snot. And I was like, can I have a fresh one, please? Because this one's broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like me, Dil. You're very expressive. You you know, you laugh when you want to laugh and you mm. cry when you want to cry. I think it's good. You'll love this book. You'll love mm. it. I cried I, while I was reading but it. But I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it, I agree. I like, that's on my, t- like I've got a whole bunch of books that I, I want to read to make me feel good. And I've got a whole bunch of books that I read that well, I just want to, you know, improve myself. But at the same time, I cry. I've cried more in front of my kids in the last two months than I have ever because just because it's been so many ups and downs or when they do something really beautiful. Like I got a little bit teary because I was taking a shit in that door that I'm pointing, not that you needed to know, but I could hear my kids playing in the background and I heard my son go uh, to my daughter. She goes, um, he goes, he goes, yeah, uh, ha ha. Uh, I know what you're thinking. And Minka goes, uh, no, you don't. I was like, I can think. I, I've got superpowers. I can think what you're thinking right now, and it's okay. It's really lovely. Oh. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, oh, I've, I'm melting. What is he thinking? I don't know. But either it, it doesn't matter. It's lovely, and the sun's shining. So today's a lovely day, even though your heart's the, melting, your butthole's melting. It's all yeah, melting. Every, yeah, everything's melting. And so it's quite. And it's, and the thing about it is like I'm trying to write things down because the last six months I've spent more time with my children than I ever have before. So it's just making sure you write, like just write it down so then you can remember it because I, I was thinking as well it's like so many people are probably following so many things on instagram to make themselves feel good because you're not you're right Michelle, you're not getting it in the news you're not no. getting any feel good stories in the news and then if it is it's on a friday have you been doing any live any performances from home Michelle? Have you uh, been doing it? yeah i've done a couple i don't like to do <laughs> that so, so really good like you can even have to play that. Like, it just came out of your... <laughs> I've done some really great ones, and I have the advantage of being a musician, so I just do a funny song, and then there's there's no gap where a laugh should be yes. because uh, there's music, you know, or I'll hold the note for longer. But just, I, I did one the other night that was more stand-up, and I just really felt the absence of energy of the audience, mm. and I was like, oh, I miss them. I miss the audience and, and being able to look at them and go, what do you guys want? And, and just adapt and that exchange of energy. It just made me so sad. How have you been going on mad as hell with no audiences? How's, how's that been? Well, I, I'm not working on this current season. The last season I did, um, was quite like insane because we went from having an audience to having no audience so we didn't reduce them it just went straight to nobody and I lost it it was the same week I think that comedy festival was cancelled and I just lost it I lost it on set and everybody was kind of um okay everyone was very shocked but I wasn't shocked because comedy festival had affected Mm. me directly so I was like okay this is really scary and I just I got halfway through a sketch that usually would be in front of a live audience that usually would you know you'd be having such a great time and then it just didn't I I just I forgot my lines and instead of going I forgot my lines can I get an auto cue or can I anything I just started crying and I I just I really grieved for like the festival and for like f- some people I know who are those um, new guard people. I mean, I'm, I'm probably new guard, but the people who are less established or who maybe mm. still have day jobs or, or things like that, um, who are, we're going to break through this year mm. and just yeah. thinking about them and being like, the fuck you've been stalled, you know? And it's so yeah. tough 
It's so it must be so and, tough for them. And uh, yeah. and that's the, definitely the breakthrough is is one thing that you know uh, had the potential, but the absolute guaranteed ones that bummed me out were the people who uh, were going to be in Melbourne for that month, so they blocked out you know Airbnbs and 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 yes. uh, and also paused their work back home and said that you know take my shift, take my apartment while I'm away. Like the people who yeah. had to put things in place to get to mm. Melbourne to then be told ah. Uh, no, 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 just stay there. That That's the one that got me going, oh, man, like, you know, I, 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 we're treading over ground that I guess we've, we've all emotionally dealt with, but I suppose it is that thing where I just realized how uncertain shit really was in that moment where there yeah. was, it was like given that comedy festival happens every April. Exactly. And the fact that as soon yeah. as that was, I know that sounds really silly, but that's the way. Well, yeah, we I sound absolutely privileged yeah. and, in, and insane, but this is our job. It's the only thing we know how to do. Yeah. And also it's uh, like, you know, yeah, it is. It's it's really tough, and and financially, it can change your life. And some people have children. It's not like you. It's not a hobby. I think people are like, "Ma, your hobby's finished." It's like, no, this is like <laughs> my work. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've been lucky that I've got I've got screen I, stuff. And I and think so it's okay. interesting you said that's the only thing you can do because I mean, you uh, you've made me cry. I've told you this, right? That I know uh, I'm a bully. No. <laughs> <laughs> we were at a gig uh, together and I did not know that you could sing or maybe I'd, I'd only seen you do double denim sketches where you sang but didn't really like show off how good you are <laughs> but there was one gig we were doing together at the Toffin Town and I was at the back of the room watching and you belted Dami Im's um, Sound of Silence <laughs> yes. and it was so incredibly good and powerful I started tearing up. Claire Hooper was next to me and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. But she's <laughs> making me cry. I couldn't, I mean, I don't know whether it was the sucker punch of it, whether the fact that, you know, just some, the dichotomy of the comedy and then introducing such amazing talent in terms of singing. I was blown away. I, I could not believe it. Oh, thanks, dear. That's so kind. So, That's what's the lovely. backstory? So, you, you trained as uh, just music, uh, like, well, give us the backstory. I always wanted to be when I was a kid I I was I was singing before I was talking like I right. I was so annoying I must have been a nightmare and I I always must wanted have to be been? <laughs> I, I always wanted to be uh, a singer and an actor and but I always loved comedy like I spent hours and hours and hours sitting in front. I grew up in regional Australia. My family had Star, so I watched the comedy channel just watching, you know, Margaret Cho and Mitch Hedberg and also a lot of people who we're friends with now, like <laughs> the Tripod guys yeah. and Paul McDermott and just all these... Sean, you know, Sean McAuliffe, who's my friend and, and bot, like just all of these incredible, beautiful beautiful yeah. comedians um but there wasn't heaps of women there was uh we had judith lucy and we had sarah kendall and um i mean th yeah there was there were a few but and cal beautiful cal um mm. but there wasn't heaps of people around when i was growing up and so i sort of thought that's not for me and so mm. i was like well just sing and act and then i was always choosing the funny roles and i, I started doing musicals because i liked singing and i liked acting i didn't realize that I didn't like doing what I was told, which you have to do in musicals because they have big yeah. moving parts. I went to VCA and I studied um, musical theatre and then I got out into the world and I did one big musical and I hated um, not being able to interact with the audience. Which I hated one? It. Um, it's called uh, Children of Eden. Children and I played Aisha, who was the daughter of one of the... No, no, the wife of one of the... She's a wife. She's a wife character and she just yeah. sings beautiful songs and is like, I'm sad about... Blue. Like, it's very... Good writing. Yeah. <laughs> strong, strong. It's the same one who wrote that uh, the, the French script that you were referring to before. It's got beautiful music, but I just felt very fish out of water in that world. Because... Were you VCA uh, at Ballarat with the... With the then I went with... to Ballarat, yeah. Right. I, I went to Ballarat after VCA. Oh, okay. Um, because and this was <laughs> all right. For people who don't know, VCA is really hard to get into. Like it's it's one of those. Yeah. It's, it's, if you get in, it's it's already a tick of well, you've got talent. Let's see where you take it. Yes, but I was eighteen. Um, so I yeah. so I I auditioned and I thought I'll audition for this for the next three or four years and then when I'll get in. But I auditioned and I got straight in and I went there and I wasn't ready and I didn't know what to do. And I was also like a lot larger. I was a, I was like quite a large woman. And so I was really um, nervous in dance classes because I didn't have the, the dance training and I didn't have, um, mm. I also just didn't feel comfortable in my body and I didn't mm. know how to 
do that. But because I was such a strong singer, they sort of pushed me to the front of the class and made me sing at events. But then just they let me hide in the back of the dance class. And then I had this... Uh, yeah, this is a very uh, long-winded story, but I had That's an accident. This is the <laughs> well, I had uh, in between. I went to VCA for the year. Then I um, I was in a fire, so it was in my house, um, and there was a house fire, and I got third degree burns, and I had to learn to walk again. And Whoa, wow, so what age are you? Yeah. Uh, Nineteen. And and house fire in what way? What's how did it happen? It was in, oh, it was my fault. So I was in an apartment and my dad had bought me this beautiful old heater in an auction. He used to always go to the, the uh, go to the auctions. He would come home with like a huge box full of doorknobs and just be like, "It's a bargain!" And I'm like, "You're insane." Um, but he had bought this this heater that was old but was working, and he gave it to me. And uh, yeah, it it just uh, it went up, and I was sitting next to it, so I went up with it. And I ended up in the hospital uh, for about three weeks to a month. Oh, um, and so wait, pardon my ignorance, but when you say third degree, are we going upwards is higher? Like, you know, third degree is you don't have any nerves left. You there's no skin. There's and nothing. You need skin grafts, don't you? Oh, yeah, I needed my skin Lord. grafts. Yeah. Where were the major burns, if you don't mind me asking? They were on my leg. So they're on the back of my legs. And then all the other, the rest of my body was just mostly like second degree, which is like, there's tiny little scars. You can hardly see anything. The only visible scar is is on the back of my right leg, which is the, where they had to do the skin graft. And then at the top of my right leg where they took the skin for the skin graft. Did you get it off the butt, the butt skin? Yeah, they took it off my little butt. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so three weeks. Now, I, I've only heard stories of people, you know, uh, I was in fact listening to a podcast with a uh, Burns victim uh, recently. And the description of the pain is something that they, they he was emphasizing about how much, not only is it painful, but because of the risk of infection, which it's is how huge. most people with, with uh, burns can actually die, is that you're isolated in spite of the pain. Like you're by yourself. Yes. And it, was that the case with you? Yeah. It, it, and I was upset. <laughs> um, I, was, I mean, I was 19 and I was a brat because I'd just gotten into this prestigious school. And I'm a kid from the country hanging out with all these city kids being told you're, the, you're a good singer. So go to the front. Um, I was such a pompous little fucking idiot. And then this happened. So I was impatient and I didn't know. I didn't know my privilege. I didn't know anything that I, I had. And then I was suddenly stuck and you can't, I couldn't bend my legs. I couldn't move. I couldn't get up to go to the bathroom. I couldn't even push myself up on the bed because I had, uh, are they called cannulas? The things that go into your wrists to uh, put medication into you. I had them on, on both of my wrists. I don't, yeah. I don't know why that would have happened. If oh, they nurse, sometimes do it because they me. put different intravenous drugs into your system. That's, yeah. that's why oh, they yeah. would do it, do it on there. It's called a, it's not, it's, yeah, it's got a name. It's like right. a reverse Spider-Man. It's a reverse Spider-Man. I had the reverse Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I had, I remember when I was in hospital, um, I had students try it and this one guy just kept missing. And I said, look, mate, I'm going to give you another two goes. (laughs) And then you can move on. That's quite generous. That's very generous. Um, And so three weeks. uh, And did you have visitors? First of all, I I had visitors. They had to sit quite far away, but I was allowed to have visitors. Um, What about your dad? How guilty did your dad feel well dad um oh god so dad got uh was actually getting sick at this point and i didn't know and he didn't Mm. come and visit and i didn't know why he hadn't come to visit mum would come um my parents are from wagga so i was like why is mum coming but dad's not coming i wasn't upset um and i didn't have any problem but i was just like it's weird that dad's not here then i got out do you know about the illness uh uh, that was coming up and just kind of didn't tell the kids or i think he knew and he didn't tell anyone i think he knew that he something was wrong and he just didn't he just pretended it was fine. He was also, he was um, really, really obese and ate quite poorly and mm. um, just just had a bad family history and didn't look after himself. He had two knee replacements. He had type yeah, wow. 2 diabetes. He had a lot of risk factors already. So he was used to not feeling 100%. Uh-huh. So it could, have, could be that he didn't notice. Um, but yeah, he... It, he was a bit off and they thought it was complications with his diabetes medication. Anyway, it, I got out of hospital and um, then my my mum called and, and said dad had been diagnosed with cancer and then he died a week later. <gasps> so he must have been very sick. Oh. 
I'm okay. <laughs> it was a while ago now. But yeah, yeah I know, a... but just the the talk about the double whammy. Yeah, about it was a week after you got out. And the, and yeah. The... It was a week and after so... I got out and then he died a week later. All right. But, you, well, but even just the concept of having a serious injury and then losing a parent in a space of a short space of time, you are growing you are experiencing life experience in ten years down into like what, three months, two months. Yes. Yes. Which is the why I um why I went to Ballarat because I couldn't go back to VCA and do second year oh, no. with the same people. I was a different And people are breaking person. you down. Like people the whole point of VCA is to break down to get into yeah. your core and when yeah. you're feeling so vulnerable, it is just I mean, you just you you're setting yourselves up. It sounds like you'd be setting yourself up to even be torn more down than what you're already feeling at the moment if that makes sense absolutely and I just didn't need I didn't need that because yeah. when I first got to VCA I did need that I needed my ego to be challenged and I need yeah. to be needed to learn how to be self-aware but by the time I'd had this insane year and I say year but it was all over quite quickly in the space of a few months and then I came out and I was like I have all of that and I'm ready to go and just get more practical skills and I want to get a degree because if it doesn't work out I can go and do you know a master's in teaching or something um and I just I just I just couldn't go back to where, where I'd been and th- I don't think they wanted me either because I was such a little shit there so I went to I went to Ballarat um which is the closest other you know sort of prestigious arts academy and um and, and I started there and, but that was insane because then I was surrounded by, by that time I was 20 and I was surrounded by a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds. Cause they do take younger people at Ballarat than VCA. Uh, so a bunch of like these fucking virgins who I hated. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, I was just like, my dad's dead, you're Donna. boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, the boys. So only Mark was in my year. Mark okay. was in my year and um, I think Broden and Zach were in the years above me, but I don't even know because they were in the acting course and I was in music theatre. Uh-huh. Um, people assume that we were all like best mates at uni, yeah, but they, I did, yeah. yeah, in my third year, because I didn't go to Ballarat to live. I didn't go to any parties. I was like, my dad's dead. I don't want anything to do with these fucking glee nerds. Like I just was Brilliant. such... I just really? couldn't, I couldn't cope with them singing and dancing all the time. And I, I just, it was so annoying. It was so annoying. Like, I I'm really... feeling wonderful today. Fuck you. I'm going yeah, back yeah. home. I'm singing in the rain. <laughs> Fuck you, cunt. I, I mean, they were beautiful. I, I assume it was my fault for, I saw their like pretentious, unaware, beautiful, pure Naive. love of yeah. musicals and just went, I used to be that and fuck you for, you know, because I don't have it anymore. I'm sure that's what it was. But, and I was also working in Sydney as a uh, backing singer for a cabaret artist called Catherine Alcorn on the weekends. So it made more sense for me to stay living in Melbourne with my housemates and commute to Ballarat during the day and then commute to uh, Sydney on the weekends for work. It's so, a great wow. train trip. It's a great train yeah. trip. It is. It's beautiful. It's, it's like an hour. Is that frequent flyer version of a train? <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately not. Can I can I rewind a couple of steps behind two questions? First question, uh, just what I love the fact that you refer to yourself as a little shit, and I just you have an example <laughs> of a fun uh, example of like we all have a. Uh, things when we look back, I look at the way I was in uni, uh, how much I didn't value the course that my parents had paid for. Instead, I was off getting drunk at South Lawn in South Mel- in, in Melbourne Uni. And I think of <laughs> myself as a little shit. So when you said that, it makes me so delighted <laughs> to know that other people have that same. So what examples of that? But also, just in those three weeks in hospital, do you have any memories of the things that you felt like you, the thought processes you went through and the biggest kind of takeaway points and things like that? So little shit first. <laughs> um, Yes, well, I was a little shit. Uh, but um, when, I, when I was in hospital, I, I have brothers and sisters, but my, my sister uh, was 11 years older than me and my brother was 15 oh, wow. years. Yeah, I was wow, the best okay. mistake my parents ever made. Um, That's a uh, big gap. That's yeah, amazing. I'm a late arrival. Yeah. Wait, your brother, how, what's the age <laughs> What was it, 15? He was 15 years older than me. Wow. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Because I generally just think, like, as a parent, like, you're just like, come on, it's Christmas, let's let's do this, let's have some sex. <laughs> and then bang, you're like, what are the chances? It's never going to happen. Then you're like, hello, surprise, 15 yeah. years Young old. Yeah, there's such a big gap. Of course you were a little shit. I was a nightmare. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was never mean. I've always been yeah. nice, but I was... Yeah. 
arrogant. Like, entitled. So, enti- so entitled. Like, just a fucking oh, nightmare. You're a theatre student who was the youngest I know. baby of oh, the family. God, thank God we weren't rich, honestly. I would have had to have just shot myself. Like, what a nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so the three weeks that you were in there, did you have memories of the thought process? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was on a lot of drugs and I watched a lot of uh, RuPaul's. Not, Ru, not RuPaul's, it was um, <laughs> Tyra Banks' America's Next Top Model. I was watching oh, a lot of that because yeah. that was what was on the TV because, you know, you, they have the TV that's just in the hospital room. But did you but have I, different channels? Because I had different channels, but I could, I could never okay. reach the remote, so I wouldn't change it. I just watched these yeah. daytime marathons and then... Thank God I, uh, you liked it. Imagine, like you're not, a, you can't walk. You're in pain, and they're putting like you know, poshy <laughs> in the morning. A friend, a friend of mine was in hospital recently for surgery. He was in there for quite a long time, and they only had Channel Seven. And they said that he had what? to pay extra to get the other channels. And I'm like, that doesn't sound wow. right. Is this a, a Channel how... Seven owned hospital? Yeah, like, but that's I was what like, they do with the extra money that the cash cow doesn't give away. They sponsor yeah. the hospital. <laughs> but then he had a great line. He's like. Shane Jacobson's on every second show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he was on Fitbit. That is true. Fitbit I, too. I was like, so, um, so but, yeah, I, sorry, yeah. you're saying, so you'd watch a lot of telly. I watched a lot of telly and I just thought a lot about my life because I was scared I was going to lose my leg. Mm. There was a chance that I could lose if the um, skin grafts didn't go well, that I could lose my leg. And I was surrounded by people who were screaming. Like when you're in a burns ward, yeah. everyone oh in the room God, next to you is in, just awful, awful pain. Everyone what? is screaming. It's The walking thing, sorry, Ben, the walking thing, was that obviously a real thing that you were facing, the potential possibility that you might not walk again. What was the feeling like when you started to see a light at the tunnel where you suddenly felt like there was... Because was, we, we had Adam Rosenbachs who talked about how much he took for granted the ability to walk because he nearly lost that. Right. Well, I think... I, I always believed that I would be okay. It was a really scary idea that I wouldn't be. I remember thinking, well, maybe I could go on Australian Idol and win if I, if I lose my ah! story. You are mature for your age. You are mature for your age. You know, week four, you'll be singing Walking on Sunshine while you're in a wheelchair. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Because for someone who worked at The Voice for three years, whoo, it is. <laughs> you need a backstory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like my main, that was like my um, worst case scenario was fucking winning Australian Idol. That was my goal. Um, but it, I just, when I started walking again, I couldn't believe how... Because it was all fine and it all went well. There was no infection and, and the um, the skin graft took just fine. So I thought, okay, it's going to be great. And as soon as they let me up, I'm going to be able to get up. So they, they actually stapled the skin graft onto you. And then when they take it out, they take it out with this like very mechanical looking sort of staple gun thing. And how did take- you go with the stretching afterwards? Because you got to stretch that stuff and rub cream on it and all that. Yeah, there's that lots j- of cream. I had to, I had to wear um, compression tights for mm. two years. Yeah. Um, was it sponsored by Lululemon? It wasn't. No, no there was no Lululemon. Weird. I don't think. But oh, it's I'm a, sure there it's was. A, it's a real process that the skin because a friend of mine got severely burned in Guatemala, and she stepped Oof. on a state electrical cable, and it went. It luckily it went through up her skin instead of through her organs, wow. and then. But she was like, she got transported over to America, and she was talking about how like it was just so many skin grafts, but the, the thing she struggled with was just like you have to remember to put ointment everywhere like and you do it for years yeah like, like it becomes it becomes your life having to look after the thing that reminds you of the pain yeah it it becomes i, I remember feeling very unattractive because it was really um gross it, it just was gross to look at it looks kind of fine now it looks like i've sat on a grate um but for uh-huh. a while it just looked like fucked i looked like something from the butcher it was yeah. really gross and the muscles had atrophied so fucking quickly and i oh, just I can imagine i just couldn't oh. i thought i would remember how to walk as well i thought as right. soon as i like my body knows how to walk it's only been a few weeks but it doesn't it doesn't know how to do that it's crazy and going upstairs I, and- but when you do walk, like it, when you run or do exercise, do you still think about it or has you reached to a point where it's just not there anymore? 
No, I don't think about it now. Yeah, I don't think about it at all. I think about it when it's cold because it's sometimes the graph feels weird when it's cold. But oh. apart from that, I don't I don't really think about it, which is really nice. So you were going through rehab and then your while your dad passed away. Was yes. that essentially what happened? Right. Yeah, okay. so we okay. had um hospital at home, so I was able to go back to my apartment, but we lived around the corner from the Alfred at the time, which was really handy. So there was a nurse who would just come and like oh god help me shower and stuff yeah wow really i also had a male nurse who was like giving me my fucking bedpan for a while it's it was a nightmare Uh, this is what this is actually what my show that i was meant to do at comedy festival is about it's it's basically this story and i um i have a very sexy song that i sing to him in the show (laughs) is it it the uh song that we hear in the lockdown festival comedy festival on stand the fingering shed at (laughs) no that's just that's just a um uh just a beautiful folk song it's (laughs) fucking (laughs) such a earworm mate honestly i told you i texted you as soon as i finished i'm like i can't get it out of my head like because i think they played it over the credits as well didn't they They did yeah which yeah. is so nice oh, man, it gets stuck in my head even now when i was waiting for you to join the meeting i kept uh the, <laughs> the fingering and do you know it's what so do you know what's weird is that now feels like a long time ago yeah the lockdown comedy festival yeah and that was a lockdown the previous lockdown i yeah. haven't yeah, that felt was i generally one. have not felt that that there's there's previous lockdowns to this lockdown and people did stuff in that lockdown yeah it's insane. Was the solo show the first time you were doing a, an hour by yourself? No. So I did an hour very, very uh, 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 confident. I, <laughs> I did an hour before anyone knew who I was. I did an hour called Space Tortoise, um, which was a, a show that I actually wrote after my dad passed away um, called, uh, uh, yeah, about, uh, about a tortoise uh, who's called Eric and I played the tortoise and she just wants to go to space to show her dad how tall she's gotten because her father was the first tortoise called Hurstfield, which is like a true story. The Russians sent a tortoise into space. So she's the daughter of that, of that tortoise. And she just wants to go there and find him. She hasn't heard from him. So he, she assumes that he's having a great time. He's been too yeah. busy to come back or send a message. Cute. So she's like, she's got to raise some cash. She works in retail. Um, and she's just trying to go there. So it's, a, it's about like the stories you tell each other and the to- stories we tell ourselves and about grief. Um, but it's mostly about, about hope and, and joy. So that was like my first hour, but I did that. It was like town hall, 6 PM, 40 seater. What a brilliant um, ambition though for the first show as well. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I guess cause I've got the theater training. It just felt like I was doing yeah. a mm. theater show and I'd done, I was in a duo before double denim called backwards anorak and we'd done, um, a fair bit of stuff but yeah no one knew who i was i'd only That's just started right. working with the donna boys so it was like what year was, I was that performing when you did 10 the people. space total to- 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 <sighs> i reckon 2014 oh maybe? okay that was my first year as well oh really yeah the uh and then yeah so you hook up with laura Fru and then uh start doing Dun- double denim what a couple of years later Yes, we, we, Laura started working with Backwards Anorak, which was my duo um, that Uh became a a foursome. And then we went to Edinburgh. We had a great time. I was also doing Space Tortoise in Edinburgh. Uh, So we were doing Winter is Coming, which is like a, a a musical that we wrote about an amateur musical theatre group trying to do Game of Thrones a musical, but none of them have seen Game of Thrones. Oh, great. Um, So we did that in Edinburgh, which was really fun and silly, but also commercially very smart. People love Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, there is a Game of Thrones the musical the last two years that I went to Edinburgh. Oh, they, okay, fun fact, they came to our show oh! that year. They came to our show and they came up to, and they were a huge company. They came up to us, they congratulated us on the show. And then the next year they came back with their own Game of Thrones show that took a lot of our jokes. So... Wow! Well, fuck yeah. those guys if they're listening and, you know, boycott. I mean, yeah. No, don't. It's fine. Like, who cares? We don't own Game of Thrones. Sure. They weren't particularly smart jokes. But the fact that they took jokes. your jokes, though, that's, that's But that's I, a classic that, producer move. That is a oh, 101 shit producer just... move where you go, oh, this is a great idea and great work. And and I see what you've done here. Uh, just <laughs> in my head, I've already earned an extra $100,000 more than that. Yeah, We do it our way. Uh, now I yes. just need to see what the competition looks like oh that's great oh we can definitely improve on that just yeah exactly. that's how that's how they think it's the and worst it was but that's how they think we're playing in a 250 seater and they play like a thousand seater <laughs> yeah. like they're a Electable. huge company yeah. but but we our first year was really successful and we had some game of thrones cast come and um <gasps> become friends me. with us yeah it was really cool Ooh. so we got um Jon so, Snow. 
<laughs> no, not John Snow. Do you know D- the guy who plays Dolores Ed, who is John Snow's um, friend? Um, the but yeah, so it came and, and was in it um, the second year that we did it, and also would like was go and it? tell. Yeah, he came and did like a cameo. So that's... and that's we're still in touch. He's really lovely. Oh. So that was this really is cool. Incredible. Yeah, that but I was yeah. <laughs> so I was doing Space Tortoise at the same time as that in Edinburgh. Um, and uh, Laura and I were getting closer and closer and realizing that we were funny maybe without the boys of Bakodanarak. And then my brother actually died while I was in Edinburgh doing Space Tortoise, which is a show about grieving my dad. Um, and then my, my brother passed away and so it was this huge like realization of what I really wanted to do and the boys realized that they didn't want that kind of pressure because I was going through so much and Laura went, I'm ready to do this if you want to do this. And we just went, mm. yeah, fuck yeah. Let's just do it. Just the girls. And so that's how Double Denim was born. So you, wow. So, so, so you dealt with the grief of your brother over, like you, you, you were overseas when you found out. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have wow. to perform? How did you go performing uh, Space Tortoise? Space Tortoise. It was the perfect show to do that day. Um, you because, did it the day you found out? Yeah. Yeah. I did the show. Wow. I did the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have a, I have oh, a habit of um, doing that. I, I don't like I, to stop. Um, I, uh, I remember seeing a, 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 an article about you uh, and the, the illnesses in your family and stuff like that. So, uh, But that's as far as my memory goes in terms of the specifics. So what is the illness that, uh, that, that you guys have? So we, we think uh, we might have Lynch syndrome. I actually haven't been tested because the uh, the reason I haven't been tested is because I think if I, if it comes back positive, I will just think my way into getting cancer. Um, mm. And I'm just living uh, in a way, the things I put into my body, every the way that I act, um, it, I'm just living as if I have it anyway. So I'm just going, yep, if I've got Lynch syndrome, I wouldn't have to change anything about my behavior. So I'm not risking anything, but I'm right. also not going to like go and, seek out confirmation so that in my brain I can just think myself because I, I really do think that your attitude really can shape your health and and you know they they say that so I don't I yeah. don't want to give myself anything. I heard, so I heard someone talk fit. about sorry I heard that someone talk about how you know we've proven that stress which is your thoughts can cause negative effects so presumably the reverse can be true too which is that positive thoughts can keep you healthier you know what yes. I mean if, I mean, if I the hope negative so. ones have direct <laughs> effect on your health then yeah of course that's going to be uh, that, that might potentially have some issues sorry yeah. ben, you were saying? I was just going to oh, sorry Ben were you going to yeah, ask me what it is <laughs> well yeah, yeah that, that was that was the first question yeah what 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 is but if uh, in layman terms for people who don't know what, what is it yeah it's basically just a, a predisposition in your genetics um, so like a, a little bit of a mistake and I'm obviously not a doctor, so I might be explaining this the wrong way, but in my head, the best way to describe it is, um, uh, everybody else's push door is, is a push door and mine is a pull door. So if like the cancer wants to come in and it only knows how to pull, most bodies will be like, well, no, cause I wear a push, but my body's like, yeah, I'm a push, I'm a pull door, like come fucking get in. So as soon as those carcinogens are in my system my body rather than fighting the cancer is like yeah let's right. do let's You'll dance come in come in like yeah. a revolving doll yeah so there's specific types of cancers for women it's like ovarian and and bowel and sometimes breast and for men it's it's bowel and um i think pancreas as well and and that kind of area so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of food stuff and you know alcohol and and everything obviously so lynch syndrome is what it's called Yes, but there's a lot and, of different ones as well. Yeah, there's... and so from there, how the cancer affects you is diff- varies between people, right? Yes. And, and, and it's a genome sequencing. So you, if your test you would take would just to find out whether you would have the same genomes as your parents would, and then therefore, if you had it, therefore you would be susceptible to, say, uh, bowel cancer and ovarian cancer more than other people. But the <laughs> reason why you don't get the genome uh, testing is because you don't want to know that you've got it, and so you just just live your life as positive as you possibly can is that yeah i'm trying to understand if you live with it why wouldn't you get tested if you're already living with it um so basically it's just i'm just i'm trying to mitigate any risk by assuming that i do have it yeah and not going and actually getting the test to see if i have it 
Because if I find out that I have it, I will be so stressed. I already am very afraid of dying young. I'm the youngest yeah. in my family. You, I, I told you guys, my brother and sister are much older than me. My mm. sister has precancerous polyps in her stomach. My brother was diagnosed and died less than a year after he got his cancer. My dad right, died yeah. within a week. I just, I can't, uh, mm. I can't be adding to that stress. Of, yeah. of That makes like, complete sense. Yeah, but- I, I just don't want any confirmation bias in my head to be like, you're sick, you're sick, you're sick. Because I'm yep. already, I already check every lump and bump. I'm already um, try to be as healthy as I can and try to eat as if I do have Lynch syndrome um, without with the occasional alcoholic beverage. Because a gal's got to live. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I just don't, I don't want my brain to decide that I'm going to get cancer. Yeah. But you still, and I think that was, I think that's why I, sh- I guess I wanted to bring across to our listeners as well. That's it's not that you're ignoring it all because if you do see a bump or you do see something, you're on you're on top of it medically to make sure yeah. that you know what you have it could be something and that you're on top of it already in case you know you can mitigate any issues leading up to it. I totally understand now why you wouldn't get the genome <laughs> sequencing because yeah, because you go well if I've got it, then I'm, the doors open, we're pulling everything in. I totally, I totally, because I, I didn't quite understand it at first. But now it makes sense because you yeah, know, you live the best absolutely. life you can without all the pressures on top of it. Exactly. And I just think, you know, it's I'm, I'm seeing a genetic counsellor all the time and I get all the tests. I'm, I, I get a lot of free tests, which is really good. Um, the familial cancer centre looks after me and they, you know, make sure I go on my colonoscopies and all the things that you should start doing when you're 50. I've started doing, you know, when I was like 28. Right. Yeah. So Can I ask what a, uh, what was it, counsellor? Uh, genetic counsellor. Genetic counsellor. What, yeah. what are they? So their job is to look at your family history and go and, and try and figure out what risks you have. But also they talk to you like a counsellor. So... They're, they're the people who I call and I go, I've found a lump. I'm really stressed. This is how it feels. This is what it looks like. And they are the ones to, who will set me up with the doctors who will do the tests. But they'll also try and make it as easy for me as possible because they know it's such a sensitive subject for me. Mm. They know it's very scary. Um, and they also like have been in touch with my brother's hospital and my father's hospital where they both died to try and get um, genetic samples in case I do want to get tested one day um, because it's hard to hard it's a hard situation and um, you know I've got two nephews who my son my brother's sons and and so we want to be careful for them as well and I don't have any children now I don't think I'll have any but if I was going to have one then maybe I would find out if I've got Lynch syndrome yep. and then make a decision um, as Bruce's heart just broke by the way when you Bruce, that. <laughs> Bruce actually has cancer which is so fucking on brand I cannot believe yeah. my dog has Brutal. fucking cancer but yeah that he is does. hilarious yeah it's very um, I'm glad we're doing this uh, recording remotely so that I don't catch your cancers <laughs> <laughs> that you seem to be spreading everywhere where you go i'm but, 5g that's me on the counseling which i i just, it just i never thought about this way but i feel like a lot of people should go see a counselor like this because how many times at the doctor where you do have a lump or you do have something and the question is posed to you uh, do you have bowel cancer in your family or what cancer do you have in your family nine out of ten people including myself is like yeah i think yeah, I think there is. I think there is some. I think <laughs> on my grandmother, and you never remember. You never remember yeah. what type of cancer it is, and exactly which grandparent or which uncle had it. And so, therefore, yeah. you kind of just go. I guess. I guess we'll do tests. When you realise actually knowing that information is actually so beneficial to your health in the future to be able to catch anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to think myself into being sick, but I also really don't want to take any risks. I don't have to take. I'm really, Mm. really careful about, I want to live for as long as I can, as well as I can. Um, but I also want to live my life. Like if I, if I do die, like my brother died when he was 42. If I die when I'm 42, I want to be able to lie there in that fucking hospital bed and be like, well, fuck yeah, I did good. I did good stuff with my time and I didn't just sit there and worry the whole time. So it's a balance, but people should know what's going on in their families because it could save so many lives. You know, it could have saved my brother's life probably because my nan had it too. My, my dad's nan, my dad's mum. sorry. Um, so, you know, we, we could have looked at it, but we only noticed it because my brother was young and fit otherwise. So it didn't make sense. Um, Uh that's what made us go, Oh, something's, 
something's something up else here. Something else is up. Because so with your dad's, it didn't pop up as it being the case. It was just like he, you know, the diabetes and the other yeah. uh, the health issues seemed to be the causation. Yeah, it just seemed to make sense. And because he right. was an older guy, I had I have older parents. I mean, he he was still very young. He was only sixty seven when he died, but it was um, you know, he was. He was yeah. so young. At least. Everyone's so young and in your family. I totally get it. Like I totally yeah. like the idea. No, but like it's not. It's not one or two. A lot of your family members have had it and died at a really young age. Yeah. So yeah. to be on top of it and also to enjoy life, you know, as much as you possibly can. I, I, I that phrase. I'm forty. I just turned forty, and I think about my mortality more than I ever have before in this in this crisis. And it's also with kids as well. I feel like it changed a lot when I had kids because I want to be around them a lot. But yeah. the idea that you, you, you are looking at, at family members, you know, dropping off and going, gee, 42. Like that is, 42 is just so young. So young. Yeah. That was, the thing I was going to say before about stoicism is that there's a practice called, I think it's pronounced memento mori, where you do meditate on the idea of your mortality and how that, as dis- uncomfortable as it might be initially, it then leads you to appreciating how much time you have left. Like if you actually calculate how much, you know, the average person lives, there's not many days left for, for anyone after the age. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it will shock you how much. In fact, I know some people who have a thing called a death clock, which is where they type in their family oh, God. and gives them a rough idea. So it's not as, uh, it sounds morbid, which it is, I guess, but it also gives you an appreciation of going, oh, fuck, that's not, hang on, that thing's ticking away. I better, you know, everything that I'm deferring to do are later on in tr- down the track. You go, no, this is important to me now and I need to try and get it done now. So for you, what, uh, I guess we, we're coming to the tail end of this podcast, but uh, there's a, quite a few things that I wish I could chat to you more about. Yeah. But two things is, A, when you say you're looking after your health and that uh, you try to eat the healthy stuff, and we want to know what those things are, but also what do you reckon you've now as a philosophy for yourself adopt when you said, you know, if you're at 42 and this happens to you, like, fuck yeah, I did that. What are the things that you've put in place, you know, since finding out? that you've now, you know, you've actioned? Well, I think I've always, uh, I mean, I say always, but that's because this, you know, when dad passed away, I was quite young, but I think, uh, well, actually let's do the food stuff first. So I've actually, uh, stopped eating, uh, meat and dairy when I was like 21. And then, um, with Lynch syndrome, that's actually really important. So, um, they say that you that those particular carcinogens are quite bad for someone who might have that. Um, and this is all like the current studies. Things change all the time and I'm yeah. not a doctor. But uh, yeah, their, their basic thing for me was like, try to avoid stress. So I've chosen to be a performer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, good. very good. But, you know, ba- basically uh, the Mediterranean diet, Focus on yes. vegetables. Like, get most of your um, most of your protein. If like they, for my health, I'm allowed to have uh, seafood and stuff. But for sustainability and um, because I love animals so much, reasons I feel really bad about that. So, but occasionally I will, especially oysters, because um, they're so good for you. They've got so much B12 in them. Mm. Um, but yeah, like any uh, cow dairy or um, or you know red meat, especially or, or processed foods in general, like diet coke or um you know so there's heaps of super processed vegan foods as well uh you don't have yes. to be healthy because you're vegan um but i try to be you know both um yeah. well, vegan so you're closer ish. to being vegan than anything else yeah it's just easy for me to say oh, i'm vegan but then it's like if my friend has chickens and the chickens are very happy then i'll eat the eggs because the eggs will not affect my health right. in a necessarily bad way i don't have any cholesterol because i'm not really eating anything else with cholesterol in it. So the eggs have no real threat to me. So I'll eat the eggs. Or unless that chicken is a performer who's really stressed. Don't touch it. <laughs> really stressed, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there's like it's little like, caveats. But... Yeah, it's carrot tops like prop that chicken. <laughs> if you have any of that chicken's um, eggs <laughs> And uh, before you answer that other question, but yeah, you sent me a screenshot of your panko crumbs. Oh yeah. Is. They look delicious. Can you just quickly tell people? Oh my God, is? they're so yum. Okay. So there, I got them from Oasis. If you're in Melbourne, get them from Oasis Bakery. They're called Crack Crumbs and they're like a panko crumb that's like, I don't even know, like they're just, they've got cumin and salt 
and I don't they, they I don't think they've got sugar in them, but there's I think it's sumac actually that's the sweet thing in them. But they're so good, and you can put them on anything. Like they can turn uh, cauliflower into something delicious, which is such a treat yeah. for anyone. But you just put them on anything with olive oil, and they'll just stick to it. And if you bake them, oh, mm. mwah, treat the best thing. And with your conscious sort of eating, what are your treats other than alcohol? Um, I really like uh, like proper like real chocolate. Like the you know dark chocolate that's um, cacao. Cacao. Is that yeah, yeah, I like that. I like. I don't mind a, a bit of taste. You know, I like dark chocolate. I like whiskey. I like red wine. Um, but I also you know hot chips. I can have hot chips. I shouldn't, but you know a girl's yeah. you know you gotta yeah, enjoy right. a little bit of life. There's things like that, but there's also like vegan junk foods and stuff. They have like there's these chia protein nuggets that sound disgustingly healthy, but they're really nice. I really like them. They're like fries, family food. That's something I'd feed my children and go, you you eat that, it's healthy, and then I'll just eat <laughs> yeah. some real nuggets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really like those. Those are like a frozen um, sort of processed food, but I really like them. That's my that's those are my main treats and strawberries. I fucking love strawberries. Oh my god, they've made a plant based Milo. Do you guys know about this? I have heard no. about this. Oh, I it's just changed my whole life. Anyway, I've been having so, a lot of that. Bring your Milo back in. in. Oh, yeah, yes. Milo's getting and back strawberries, into my... And strawberries are like one of the few things, few vegetables that are actually cheap at the moment. So I know, it's, uh, it's like be, a dollar for a punnet of strawberries. We've been stocking up. I've, so much so that I have been going to the supermarket and then just working out. I was like, well, I've got time. So I'll just buy <laughs> a shitload of strawberries and then yes. cut them up and then freeze them for my smoothies. Yes, that's like, so smart. Well, I could pay, I could pay that much for frozen, but I could just get twice the amount for the same amount of money if I just buy them and chop them up. Exactly, that's quite lethargic so because I'm teaching my son how to use a sharp knife, and strawberries are really easy to cut. So, learning lesson as well. That's perfect. Did, did you say they're quite lethargic? Did I say that? I probably did say that. I'm just... like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> Maybe cut back on the strawberries and make <laughs> the brain food. Um, Avocados as well. I have so many yeah. foods that I'm passionate about. I'm just yelling all these foods. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, you, I mean, we, we, I mean, this now, everyone loves out. avocado. We, everyone. We, we have to wrap it up because I think I've got a little kid knocking at the door wanting to use the toilet. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, just quickly, I just do want to know, uh, Michelle, just that thing about, you know, what are the things that you're doing as like going, fuck it, I'm getting this shit done and I'm looking back on what I, you know, in these next few years is going, I did that. Just not being afraid. Just not being yeah. scared oh, to so take risks and, and trying to, you know, be, if if I fall in love with someone telling them, you know, I have a partner, um, but I, you know, I, I have him because I met him and I was like, fuck, this is great. Like I just not wasting my time and, and not being unkind, just always yeah. being kind and always saying the thing. If you see someone who looks nice today, you don't know that person. You want to say, you, you, that's a great hat. You look confident in that hat. You should wear the hat all the time. Like saying things like that, just saying Nice. Just putting as much positivity into the world as I possibly can and oh, yeah. not being afraid of uh, stupid shit. Speaking of positivity, I've been wanting to say this for you for, uh, forever is um, is the first time, I think it was one of the first times you did Mad as Hell and I mm-hmm. was doing warm-up and then you came on and I knew how hard it would be to enter that cast that has been together for God forever. knows how many yeah. years. <laughs> Uh, and that they're grounded, and I'd never forget this because uh, we knew each other not well. But you came in, and and I was like, "Hey, big round of applause, Michelle!" And then you nailed the scene, but you engaged with the audience, and then I was like, "Oh my god, here's not only this amazing, talented woman who just nailed something in what was going to be a really difficult, difficult situation. You just turn and acknowledge the crowd, and the crowd loved it. And I was like, "Fucking, she's match fit as well. Get out of here!" <laughs> And I'll never Thank forget so that. Much. I'll never forget Thank that because you. I was just like, "Wow, this 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 girl's here to stay." Because that, like, to <laughs> come, with everything happening around, to just come in, nail it. Sean loved it. You loved it. Have a little bit of band with the crowd and then left. I just remember I was I was in awe because I know Thank I know you. how hard hard that can be in those uh, situations. I just so. don't take it seriously. It's just it's work. You do the work. You do good work, and exactly. you be kind to. You try and make everyone feel good. It's a fucking great job. People take yep. it too seriously and not seriously enough. And can't wait to do it again. Yes. You, Michelle Brazier, you you you're incredible as a performer. Your story is is uh, I mean Phenomenal. unbelievably uh, very I mean it's it's gets thrown around a lot sometimes and maybe unwarrantedly but it truly is inspiring and I think Aww. um 
our listeners of this podcast will just, oh, man, it's so many valuable things that you've shared. So first of all, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, but also thank you so much for just, yeah, I, I think something you said early on when you were watching comedy as a kid and not seeing that many women and seeing that maybe that's not for you, uh, you you guys, uh, you know, all of you, Laura, all, are, are changing that. So, you yes, know, I hope uh, it's, so. it's truly it's truly awesome to see you guys just shine. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. What can you, um, what do you have to plug uh, to our listeners? Oh, um, when does this come out? In Oof. two days. We're not in two, two days? days. Okay, there's some. I've got I some think. secrets, so you can't actually know. Um, okay. Just follow me on Instagram, and I'll announce some cool stuff. Oh, if cool. you're in, I mean, do you, I don't know if you have American listeners, but if you're in America, please watch Yolo Crystal Fantasy on Adult Swim. Cool. Um, and if you're not in America, then just follow me on Instagram, and I'll tell you in a bit. Yes. And your Instagram handle is at Michelle Brazier. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, um, go, uh, the, uh, go and give some money to charity. If if you like me, go and give some money to a an, a dog rescue uh, called um, uh, uh, Staffordshire Rescue Victoria or um, Project Underdog. If if you're like, oh, I'm inspired, and uh, just do that instead of following me on Instagram, you can do that. You have to do yeah. one of them. Though. Or do both. I that's, mean, that's, it sounds crazy. <laughs> Um, ben, yeah, we do have a Patreon, fitbed.com. Yes. Oh, Patreon.com slash fitbedpod. Um, and we've had a whole bunch of new listeners after our a recent episode with Ben Knight. So, Ooh, that uh, was a big one, wasn't it? A big that one, we did a, a lot we of show, feedback. We did a special episode with Ben Knight in quarantine in a hotel room. And, oh, he's uh, going mad. emotional. I, I, I definitely teared up for that one. Oh, was, uh, I love got emotional. Ben. A lot of feedback, uh, a lot of love. Um, and uh, who knows, I reckon there's going to be a couple of uh, new uh, people doing Bucks Nights on a whole different way. Fingers crossed. Let's change <laughs> Bucks Nights Ooh, I want to listen to this. So, okay. you can subscribe for five dollars. <laughs> you know what? Just get get in line, champion. Uh, but, uh, uh, I'm Dilruk J on Instagram, and uh, yes, uh, uh, bundle of joy. My Amazon special is on Amazon Prime right now, so please check it out if you can. And uh, Benny, Ben Limas comic. Uh, but again, thank you again for people who are listening to the podcast. It doesn't hurt; it takes two seconds. Uh, just a little review on iTunes always helps us out. One last question, Michelle. Sorry, where can we see singing? Is Dami is that cover version of uh, Sound of Silence? <laughs> that anyway? cover is not up, but if you do want to see me singing the fingering shed, my beautiful ballad, <laughs> um, if you've got Stan, you can watch the Australian Lockdown Comedy Festival. I'm in yeah. episode four. Um, otherwise, yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm more than likely to post a picture of my uh, a video of myself singing. I do covers of '90s classics. I've got a really uh, terrible one of Thong Song by Cisco up, so you right, can go right. and check that out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Uh, listeners. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you.